0: Hi, Bill Mobley for the Brain Channel here at UCSD-TV. Um, very pleased today to be speaking with Don Cleveland, who is a distinguished professor of neurosciences and in cell and molecular medicine. Don has been at UCSD for a number of years. And through those years, it's made many very significant contributions to the basic cell biology of the brain, but also in the last decade or so, some really quite significant advances that have every Uh, probability of impacting our ability to treat disease, degenerative diseases. Don, thanks for being with us. My pleasure, Bill. Tell us a little bit about your background and and what's driving you now? What are the exciting things on your agenda?
1: So uh, I'm a native New Mexican, grew up in New Mexico, uh, went through the typical education process, ended up at UC UC San San Francisco for postdoctoral work and then uh, joined Johns Hopkins for 14 years, and then uh, UC San Diego in uh, 1995.
0: So a terrific long period of training. The first uh, faculty job, I guess, was then at Hopkins, is that right?
1: That is correct, yes.
0: And there you had a chance to interact with the terrific neuropathology community.
1: I did, I did, and we tried to test how really are these long processes, the, the wires that neurons use to hook up to things like muscles, how they're really structured. And when we did that, by changing a structural element uh, within uh, those neurons, we produced fatal motor neuron disease that's very reminiscent of the human disease that we we familiarly call Lou Gehrig's disease, or ALS, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. And that just opened the door. We uh, then uh, uh, really focused on what are the underlying events that cause that disease, Lou Gehrig's disease. And uh, over the last, uh, 25 years have really focused on that, uh, most recently with developing uh, designer DNA uh, therapies, designer DNA drugs that can silence the disease-causing genes.
0: So, So Don, the idea here is this wonderful bridge that goes between the basic science of what a neuron looks like, what its processes look like, and then understanding how that's changed in disease and what proteins might be responsible, all informed by the genetics. That that is the really excellent, it seems to me, bridge between the most basic and the most clinical. Talk about these drugs that you're thinking about now. How do they work and what context, disease context do you think they might fit into?
1: Yeah, so we started from the realization from the genetics of human disease neurodegenerative disease, that all of the diseases, the big diseases, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, ALS, Huntington's, all of them, where we know the genes that can be causative of disease, all those genes are expressed widely throughout the brain. Uh, Some of them throughout every cell in the body. And so we then tested in ALS is, which of those cells really matter? Who makes, they synthesize the mutant gene product And which ones cause the damage? And the answer is lots of them. So if you're going to have the most effective therapy, you really want to affect the cells, all of the cells, or many of the cells that really are driving disease course. And so then we thought, well, why don't we try this approach of using really small little pieces of DNA, designer DNA, to target uh, the synthesis of an individual gene, a disease-causing gene. So we partnered with a local then small biotech company in in infusing these drugs into the nervous system and discovered uh, to our great delight and and surprise that we could deliver these drugs very broadly throughout uh, the nervous system and that we could silence specific genes. So that led to the first in man trial uh, to silence one of the genes whose mutation is causative of Lou Gehrig's disease.
0: It's exciting. So, so again, the idea was let's be able to target specifically the gene that we think is important here, but let's do it in all the cells that, that yes. make that gene. So tell us about the trial.
1: So the trial, the, the, in that particular uh, instance, there was a, the first in-man safety trial. Can you really deliver these, this class of drugs in a manner which is safe? And the, the outcome of that was quite positive. Yes, the answer is yes, we could deliver it broadly and we could deliver it safely. The, the second phase of that uh, to now test, will it really be effective in changing disease course is, is, about to, is about to initiate. But in the meantime, using that approach and having demonstrated that these, little, these small designer DNA drugs could really work, an effort was undertaken to try to see if we could use that approach to treat what is actually one of the most abundant genetic diseases of children. It's got a, it's got a terrible name, it's called spinal muscular atrophy. Mm-hmm. And indeed, uh, when the team took that to trial, first for safety, and second for efficacy, uh, the, there, this is a disease uh, that, which affects about one in a thousand kids, and it's a fatal disease. Where the kids never develop muscle strength, the the neurons that hook up and signal the muscles contract just never do that, and uh, and now well we there've been about four hundred kids now uh, treated, and we have kids the we have kids walking, mm. so it's uh, it's it's the first success, and FDA approved that uh, that therapy uh, in December uh, last year.
0: You know, I've as a pediatric neurologist, I've seen those babies and. Uh, What's very typical is that you get a phone call and we would really like to see the neurologist very, very soon, our baby just is very weak and we don't know what to do about it. The baby's having trouble suckling, it's not gaining weight and we're really quite concerned and you walk in the room and an experienced pediatric neurologist almost can make the diagnosis just by first sight. And with that first sight you understand (coughs) that in the past you understood There's almost no good news to give here. It's almost always a very serious disease, and in the past, one would have to say, um, let's do all the testing, let's make sure we have the diagnosis right, but let's not, let's let's work with the parents because this is gonna be a very difficult time for them. Now that changes, or potentially will change now with this therapy. In fact, it sounds like it is changing. That has got to be enormously rewarding
1: to you. Yeah, absolutely. So we we know that the the U C S D team initiated the approach. The company Ionis, along with another academic team at uh, uh, led by Adrian Craner at Cold Spring Harbor in New York, really spearheaded that spinal muscular atrophy work. So what a surprise that we have achieved uh, success with that. We with a capital W. It's a big, It's a large team. Uh, the, the effort from the, basic, the most basic efforts right to the final clinical success.
0: You know, we think, in, we think at UCSD, but more generally in medicine of this, um, of the context in which we work. So, so we see patients, we work with patients, we ask questions, we listen to the answers, and we respond to them. <clears throat> and we do so from both a personal humanistic perspective, but also a technological perspective how satisfying it is now to think that there will be a whole category of therapies that really make the technological piece shine. In other words, that we go into a room with a patient that's very sick and instead of saying, sorry, not much to do, we can say great news because of work that's been done at UCSD and elsewhere there really is hope. In fact, there's more than hope. There's a very realistic possibility that we can either prevent or reverse some of the manifestations of disease. Incredibly exciting time in medicine. Yeah,
1: I I completely agree, Bill. Uh, uh, This ability to be able to to alter the synthesis of the products of individual genes, uh, and combining that with the genetic discoveries of what are the genes that can really drive human uh, diseases, but neurodegenerative disease? Uh, we have, that approach is now in trial for uh, another fatal uh, age dependent disease, Huntington's disease. Uh, that, that's a completely genetic disease with this, the same mutation in the same gene causing all instances of disease. And we all agree that the, the mutated gene does one or more things that are bad. And so if you could just turn it off in at least some of the cells that are driving the bad things, this will be directly on disease therapy. And then uh, in 2011 there was a discovery of the most frequent cause of ALS. It's by by far the most frequent genetic cause of ALS and uh, a a simultaneous discovery that that the same mutation is also the most frequent cause of the second most frequent dementia. And, uh, and so we, we set out, let's turn that gene off. And we will get to, and in the ensuing, uh, it's, six, it's six years almost to the day since that original discovery. And we have demonstrated that we can turn it off in cells, we can turn it off in experimental animals, and we have now, uh, we, we expect that this month, next month, the month after, sometime very soon, we are going to initiate a clinical trial for
0: uh, this most frequent cause of uh, Lou Gehrig's disease. It's very exciting. Don, think about, think about the near-term and the long-term future. Uh, what do we, what can we expect to see, both from the basic science of neurodegeneration, but also therapeutically, and then look over the horizon for us a little bit. What do we, what do you imagine we'll be doing in 20 years
1: yeah, so maybe I'll, I'll start with an example. Of the, the first work I did as a graduate student, uh, I purified uh, a, a protein a, a structure uh, that was associated with one of the major structures in neurons. We gave it a small name, we named it Tau, and it's become actually a central feature of uh, human neurodegenerative disease, uh, most poignantly in Alzheimer's disease where it's Adopts a f- an odd structure which knows how to template that oddity. And it just, it's one, it's the intracellular abnormality that occurs in Alzheimer's disease. Oh, it's also the abnormality that occurs in what might be called National Football League disease, mm. this chronic brain injury, mm. the, where it misaccumulates and appears to spread se- slowly from cell to cell in this bad form. Mm. So the strategy, so the strategy, the, 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 Discovery, that was a basic discovery of, this, uh, of a protein and, and what it does in normal neuronal function has now led to, if we could turn the synthesis of that gene product down, we probably could really affect disease course in these, in these major diseases. So my prediction uh, is that we're going to see that go forward in, uh, as, a, as a potential therapy uh, in Alzheimer's disease, and in the short term
0: that's exciting and I'm I'm thinking now a little bit beyond this it seems to me likely that as one discovers the protein machines that are involved in causing cells to die that we might begin to selectively target elements of those machines that we can do so safely to disrupt that process absolutely
1: there's just no reason uh, that 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 idea and uh, other other ideas probably that we haven't conceived of yet to use the gene, the gene silencing or gene altering synthesis altering approaches that's going to happen, and it has and it it has a we have we've only proven in one case in this uh, d- disease of children that it's really effect- effective, and we don't even know there how effective in the long term it's going to be, uh, but we I think there's a it's a time of op- optimism. We, uh, we really have a chance to affect d- disease course in, mu- in multiple diseases using this strategy and actually several other strategies that are also being developed by um, here at UCSD and, uh, and, uh, and, and
0: elsewhere for altering uh, the synthesis of uh, disease-causing genes. It's optimism, but it's realism, too. It's realistic optimism, maybe I should say it that way, <laughs> yeah. and it's possible because of the terrific way that you have and others have of linking basic science to disease and disease to care. And we thank you for your contributions. Terrific work. Thanks for being with us. My pleasure. Entirely. Bill Mobley for The Brain Channel.